Hello, my name is June. I am a videographer of sorts. This video is a continuation of the video, Our Attention Spans Are Getting Shorter, The Rise of Quibi and TikTok. So in the first video, I kind of outlined brainstorming pros and cons for the phenomenon that is occurring where our attention spans are getting shorter and we are accepting that as a culture. That video ended with me going into a lot of different cons, but only being able to think of two pros. So naturally, this video was a continuation of that brainstorm. But now the topic is how do we resist this cultural change or how do we even push back against it? But before we get into this video, I just want to read out this comment on the first video. And the comment is left by somebody named Kyle Wong. I think attention spans are getting shorter generally. However, I feel like context is really important. Depending on whether you're in the mood to kill time on the internet, learn something new, or are looking for something specific will have a great impact on how much time you're willing to spend on a certain thing. I've started trying to build small consistent habits that improve my attention span and focus, which I find really important when structuring my day. These habits keep me from spending too much time on social media, and overall, I feel happier and a lot more present. So I mean, definitely, I, th I don't think I can argue with the, the points being made. Context really is important. And yeah, building habits to try to improve your attention span. I think that's something that I wrote down for this video as well. And the notion that social media is probably b the biggest indicator of us wasting a lot of time or our attention spans becoming shorter. But yeah, Kyle, thank you for the comment. Uh, you're absolutely right. Context is important. And I like how you utilize habits to keep you from spending too much time on social media, which is essentially what this video is about. So let's go back into the video. Actually, one more comment. Thank you, Gilly. Your channel is slowly becoming one of my favorites, and I'm not going to read it because I think it's self-serving if I do so, but I just want to show appreciation. Thank you, Gil. So, how do we push back against our shortening attention spans and our cultural acceptance of this change? And I think this is a new topic that has come up in the last year or two. We see people trying to tackle this in various ways. I see unplugging being suggested in a lot of places, and I agree that it's a great place to start. Because for people like me and my age group, we did grow up in a time where we were unplugged, where we didn't have cell phones or like a really stable internet or quick internet connection, where we did have to rely on landlines. So for us, it's a lot more accessible, this idea of being unplugged. We've experienced it, so it's a lot easier for us to return to that. For people who've grown up having an iPad in their hands, though, I'm not sure exactly how accessible that would be, and I guess it would be a notion that needs to be illustrated and learned. For us borderline boomers, though, I think, we know how to unplug, just do it here and there, and that's a great place to start. Second way we might be able to kind of push back or resist this change is to fully embrace it. And I don't know what the word is exactly, but I was a lifeguard at one point in my life. When you're teaching front crawl to somebody for the first time, sometimes you'll have to teach them via overextension. So front crawl, something like this, you know, maybe add an S if you're fancy, but essentially, you know, you're doing this. When you're teaching someone overextension, you tell them to just like keep a straight arm and then go all the way up. You reach the sky and you come down. Maybe I'll cover my armpit because that's what Koreans do. You do that. So the basic premise behind that, and the reason you might teach someone like that is because their elbows might not be coming high enough in the front crawl if you teach them normally. So you teach them through hyperextension or overextension, and then that will eventually carry over into the actual proper form. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Basically, it's this idea that we just embrace our shortening attention spans until we go crazy, and we have to experience one extreme side of the spectrum in order to appreciate the need for balance and to like slowly make our way to the other side of the spectrum. So to reiterate, number two is just let yourself go. Let that attention span just rot. Number three is connecting with people in your network. Reach out to them, ask them how they're doing, and wait for the real answer, not the small talk answer, 
the actual actual answer and i don't really know how you get that answer out of somebody but i think i think it has to do with your tone it's in the way you ask where it's not just like hey how are you doing it's just more like hey how are things going um maybe you ask more specifically how are things with x y and z oh that's cool i imagine that would be kind of stressful you're doing okay like how are you dealing with that side of things asking people with intention they're more likely to respond with how they're actually doing and also something i've written down doesn't necessarily have to be a negative answer like i'm not doing fine because some people are genuinely fine but even with those answers it might be like why are you doing fine what's going well what's not going well if it's negative what are they worried about in the near future or what are they proud of in the recent months appreciation can be found when you find new information about someone or when you notice that this builds trust this in itself becomes rewarding and you might want to engage in this kind of relationship building more often so the idea here is that you'll experience the joy of building a meaningful connection with someone. I think there are a few things in life that really floor you with gratitude. And I don't know, it's just like when somebody places their trust in you with very confidential information, it kind of, it makes you very accountable and also very careful with how you present yourself to people because you didn't necessarily know that that person was struggling. It makes you more mindful. So once you receive that trust and then you're able to also put your trust in them, the fact that that relationship can be built or exists, I think that alone is a very powerful emotion and powerful thing to keep going. So it makes you want to do it again and again. It makes you want to keep on investing in the relationships that you already have and to make those deeper or to find new relationships and see how deep those go as well. Basically, in short, it'll give you that attention span, at least in conversations and you know, being present, that kind of stuff. The next thing you can try is seeking passion. Lose yourself a bit in a new hobby, a new relationship, a new trace of thought. Something that requires a lot of attention, but also more than your attention. Something that forces you to engage, whether it be physically, emotionally, or mentally. Next, watch a damn good movie, read an astounding work of fiction, or listen to a reserved yet sure speaker, and like a TED talk, and take note of what thoughts pass through you. Process what you've just consumed and let it simmer. Then let it fester into thoughts, both old and new. Sit on those thoughts, let those develop, and then share with somebody. See what they think about your thoughts. Then sit on that and refine your thoughts again. Rinse and repeat until this becomes a value or belief that you hold. And from there, appreciate the power of depth and art. I appreciate what the long-term process of refining a skill, habit, or thought can lead to. I really believe that it leads to a much stronger sense of self that cannot falter or collapse just because of one voice of dissent. And that's the end of the ideas that I kind of came up during that initial brainstorm session. I am revisiting this list a couple days later, so if it's not as fresh or coming off the tip of my tongue, then please, I hope you understand that. That's also another reason why I'm reading these. If you've made it this far, you have my utmost respect and gratitude. I'd like to reiterate again that this is more of a brainstorm rather than me saying like hey this is how you should think and because of that there's really no agenda that i'm trying to push i'm just trying to present different ways that you might be able to begin to push back against this culture or the fact that your own attention span might be getting shorter i'm not saying that these are the only ways to do it or that these are the right ways to do it and they could be entirely wrong so take everything with a grain of salt and maybe the only thing that i'm trying to push is come up with your own ways and your own brainstorm of how you might be able to push back. Are you aware of what the state of your attention span is right now? Is it short? Is it okay? And the reason for all this, I do have a, a larger agenda, and that is to push for the prominence and popularization of exploring your thoughts. In order to do that, I want to provide a lot of examples of just me thinking out loud, outlining the thought processes, outlining the process of how I think ideas need to be refined or formed or ditched entirely, and, and just apply that to various topics that I find interesting. Anyways, thank you for watching. If you agree or disagree, please let me know in the comments down below. Support, like, all this stuff. Subscribe. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye.